0: You can't excuse your sin before God or before men. Quit making excuses and come to that place and step up to the plate and say, Lord, I have a bad temper. I'm always angry. Lord, I keep stealing. I keep cheating. I keep lying. I can't stop. Be honest with God. you have a problem, He'll give you the solution how to do it.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, today's message from Roll continues our focus on the life-changing power of God's love. As you explore how King David experienced restoration when he confessed his guilt and regret, your heart will find fresh confidence to stay transparent with the Lord. Stay with us for encouragement to seek God's forgiveness. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins.
0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 32. This is a prayer of confession that David is uh, praying before the Lord. And one of the things that um, David is experiencing in Psalm 32 is that he has sinned, but he hadn't confessed his sin before the Lord. If you remember the story of 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12, when David... uh, began to pursue after Bathsheba and then seduced her and brought her and had an intimate relationship with her. And then she became pregnant and then he uh, not only uh, lied about it, but he killed her husband and tried to hide this secret for almost a year and a half until finally the prophet Nathan was sent to him And God not only exposed him, but David came to the place in his life that he had so much conviction in his life that he confessed his sin and he repented and God forgave him. But David was allowed by God for him to reap the consequences of his sin now as his son's uh, one of his sons raped his own sister, and then the other brother, Absalom, killed his brother. And you began to see the tragedy of sin. What happens when you sin, that it's not just you that is getting hurt, but when we sin, it's like a domino effect. It's not only you, but if it's a husband and wife relationship, you have children, and then your family, and then your friends... And then the employees and the employers, and it's like a domino effect when we actually sin against God. And and sin is a situation that uh, everyone commits sin every day. There are no perfect people. We sin uh, willfully, we transgress, we sin by mistake maybe, we say. But there are no mistakes. But at the same time, we miss the mark. The word sin means to miss the mark. Harmakia means to miss the mark. We all miss the mark every day. But what David did is David planned out his sin. He transgressed against God. Transgression is totally different from missing the mark. Because you might sin in ignorance. And then there are those that plan their sin, and then they continue in their sin, and that's a transgression. When you plan it, and you fulfill your sin, and you go out ahead and do it, you have transgressed against God. It's a transgression. And that's what David did, and it took him about a year and a half before he came to the place of repenting and confessing his sin, but it cost him dearly. During that time that David was living a life of sin and a lie before his people, David was experiencing guilt, tremendous guilt in his life. As a matter of fact, when you read the psalm, it says it's a psalm of Meshiel. Um, uh, this identifies the psalm as an instructing psalm, a teaching psalm, so that we can learn from it. That's why here, David again, in Psalm 32, 1 says, He says, Oh, how happy is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Covered. God takes my sin and He throws it as far as the east to the west and He buries it in the deepest part of the ocean and He remembers my sins no more. The only one that can really bring forgiveness to our lives is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one. No matter what you've done, if you're really honest and sincere, and you really come to the Lord, I guarantee you 100% that He will heal your mind. He will heal your heart. Whether it be your marriage, or if you committed murder, if you really are honest, I mean, you have to pay for what you've done. But God will forgive you. That's what's hard for people to understand. Some of these guys that have killed and gone to prison, and then in prison, they repent and they accept the Lord, and then they go to the gas chamber. But if there was a sincere repentance, then God has truly forgiven them, whether we like it or not. God's forgiven them. He said, But how about like Ted Bundy? If he really repented, God forgave him before he died. You see? A rapist? A murderer? Look at the thief on the cross with Jesus. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Today. Today, he said. Sometimes, for our small little minds, it's really hard to understand that God can forgive such a great debt, but he does forgive us. He paid for your guilt, he paid for my guilt. He paid for your sin. He paid for my sin. We must understand that. That's why in Colossians 1.14, he says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins we have. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, what he's done for each one of us individually. And so David understands in his own life, what's happening and what's happening in his own personal life. And that's why John, the beloved, in his little epistle that he wrote in 1st John 1 9, he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. Since I came to the Lord, have I ever sinned? Oh, you bet. We all sin. All of us. And it's really important, and sometimes God tells us to see if we're going to sin or we're going to be honest. You go to the grocery store, and you go to the check stand, and you give them a 20, and they give you back a 20. Do you keep it, or do you give it back? You See, it's happened to me many times. You have to be honest. So maybe you've never murdered anybody, but you stole, you lied. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of problems lying. Lying all the time. And yet the Bible says, no liars will have their place in heaven, but we're in the lake of fire. Liars. Not only fornicators, liars. You see? And yet people today, they don't think it's bad to lie. And at the same time, God says, what? You can't prosper. You can't go forward. Until you make it right. Especially if you're a child of God. And the Holy Spirit deep down inside. You hear that little voice and says. Repent. You're sinning against God. That's what you have to watch. The Holy Spirit. That's the one that you listen to. And if you're really being honest with God. And you're up front with God. And you're confessing your sins every day before God. Before you go to bed every night. Confess them before the Lord. Whether it be, Lord, if I look with lust in my eyes or if I thought in evil thoughts or if I committed adultery in my heart today, whatever it may be, Lord, forgive me because I'm not right before you and I really truly repent and I ask you to please forgive me and wash me by your blood. You'll sleep better. You see, God wants you to experience His joy, His peace, His love, that comes through Him personally as you surrender and submit and repent of all of your sins before Him. In First John 1 4 He says, And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Joy is not outward, it's inward. It's really important that we understand. Because when David finally repented, he found joy in his God. He found joy in his own life. And even though, because of his sin, it caused him great pain. When he saw his daughter being raped by his son. And then his other son, go ahead and killing his own brother. Imagine that. Imagine how David must have felt in his heart. And then his son that killed his brother, later on, was killed himself. And David lost his sons. You can't excuse your sin before God or before men. Quit making excuses. And come to that place and step up to the plate and say, Lord, I have a bad temper. I'm always angry. Lord, I keep stealing. I keep cheating. I keep lying. I can't stop. Be honest with God. And then God can be at your side. And he can help you. You have a problem, he'll give you the solution how to do it. But if you don't do that and you make excuses for yourself, like David did for a year and a half, then you're in big trouble. God's going to have to use his hand to chasten you, to get you to that place where you stop.
1: You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget to download our free app for convenient access to Bible-based resources, providing guidance and support for your walk with the Lord Jesus. You can reach out to us anytime at 800-634-9165 and visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's rejoin Raul.
0: Look what else David says. Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, now verse 2. He says, Blessed or or how happy is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered blessed is the man to whom the lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit you see the happiness of forgiveness or forgiving transgressions Our sins are covered and there's a joy proclaimed in my life. The word transgression here is the strongest and most serious Old Testament term of personal evil. It is basic. The basic meaning is rebellion, high treason against the sovereign God. The word sin means wandering from the way, missing the mark. The word iniquity is the depravity of moral distortion. And then the word forgiven, it literally means to lift up, to take away. The rebel is restored to the rightful place as an obedient subject of his heavenly Lord and King and Savior. And the word covered means to conceal, to hide by filling up a void. The fullness of emptiness are supplied from the fullness of the Lord when there is true repentance in the life. The word imputed not means does not charge to absolve your sin, to get rid of it completely. In both Old Testament and New Testament, to impute never means to imagine, but always to take account of what it is. To take an account of what it is. To step up to the plate and say, Lord, this is what my sin is. Here it is. I want you to forgive me. I'm willing to repent. Why do I say that? Because look at verse 3 and 4. The second thing. The conviction of my life is personal. He says, When I, David, kept silent. You see, I kept silent. I didn't tell nobody nothing. My bones grew old. Through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. And my vitality, my strain was turning to the drought of summer. Salat, he pauses right there. He says, Lord, I was not a normal person. Have I ever felt like that? Oh yeah. I've been there like David. You feel like you're dried up. You feel like even your bones hurt. Unto there's true confession and repentance of the sin." That's what he's talking about. It is possible, as noted here in the introduction, that the condition described here by David in these verses was a serious physical illness, possibly a raging fever that he had, where his whole body, you know, when you have the flu, your body aches. That's what the Hebrew thinks this is, that he was sick in his body, where he had this pain, and it was because he was hiding his sin. From the Lord. And yet the Holy Spirit is the one that brings that conviction to our hearts. That's why in Jesus when he gave the gospel to John, in John sixteen, seven through eleven, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper or comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he, notice the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler Satan of this world already has been judged. You see, the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5. He says here, confession not personal. I, David, whatever your name is, acknowledge my sin to you. In my iniquity have I not hidden? I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah, he pauses again. In Psalm 51, 1219, David said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. The God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing loud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. You see? God wants a broken person, not a proud person. And that can only happen when there's true repentance. In confession, we find healing before the Lord. God will heal you. God will touch you. In James 5.16, he says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The affected, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth much. And who's a righteous man? One that repents. One that humbles himself before the Lord. One that is honest and true in his confession before the Lord. And then you know we can have confidence in our God. Look at verse 6 and 7. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Notice what he said. Before in my sin, God could not be found. But now that I've repented and have been honest with God, now I can find God. My prayers can be answered now. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near Him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the songs of deliverance. Selah. Another pause. He keeps pausing. It's time to think and meditate on what I just said. You see? He's pausing himself. In a narrow sense, forgiveness relates to the past. But it also imparts confidence for the future. To understand that God does forgive and forget. What I've done. That's why in Romans 8.24 Paul said. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? God's past faithfulness justifies our confidence. That he will be found when we call upon him wholeheartedly being honest with God. Deuteronomy 4.29 But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Speaking of the children of Israel, before they ever went into captivity, God is telling them, hey, look, when you go into captivity and you get there because you're guilty, but if you repent and you call upon me, I will be found. I will hear you. But your heart has to be clean." You have to seek me with all your heart and with all your soul. And then notice the counsel given by God now in verses 8 to 11. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Now that I'm back in fellowship with God, what happens? Now I have direction. You see? I'm teachable. I can be taught. Before that I couldn't. I was blind in darkness. Proudful. You see? He says, I will instruct you now and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule. He was like the horse and the mule. Have you ever tried to pull a mule? Oh man, they, they won't move. When They they want to stubborn animals in the whole world. He says, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed in the bit and the bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord shall be surrounded by the mercy of God. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, notice you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. All you upright in heart. Forgiveness and faith must lead to obedience and righteousness. We need to be taught God's way. Psalm twenty seven eleven 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Number two, we need to be taught God's path. Psalm 25, 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me into your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and you I wait all day long. Thirdly, we need to be taught God's law. Psalm 119, 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statues. Psalm 119.26. I have declared my ways and you answer me. Teach me your statues. 119.66. Teach me your good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. We need to what? To be taught also God's will. That's why we come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, whenever we can. Why? Because we want to know God's will. We don't isolate ourselves. We need to be in the house of the Lord. It's good for us to be in the house of the Lord. Our children, our grandchildren, so they can be taught the way of the Lord. Why? Because they have a future that is going to be so terrible, they're going to need God in their lives, the way the world's heading right now.
1: If you're feeling convicted about unconfessed sin in your life, we hope that today's lesson has assured you of God's mercy for all who come to Him in genuine repentance. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching titled, God's Forgiveness. Now, as you take steps to make things right with the Lord, we'd also like to tell you about a life-giving resource from Raul titled Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that outlines key passages of the Bible to firmly establish your hope of salvation and a new life with Christ. You'll see that the Lord can give you a fresh start, blessed by His healing, provision, and protection. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Our number one goal here is to enrich your life with the wisdom of God's Word. Don't hesitate to let us know how we can best serve you. We also invite you to enjoy our many free Somebody Loves You resources. Rawl's YouTube channel offers a weekly Q&A program featuring biblical insight to help you stay in step with the Lord. Join Rawl every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. You can also explore our archive of Rawls teaching and download any Somebody Loves You radio program as a podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And for more information about our ministry or to just connect with us, visit us anytime on Instagram and Facebook. This ministry is made possible because of your ongoing prayers and financial support. Every donation you give helps us reach more and more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, it's been good to share the study of the Word of God with you today, and we'd love to have you join us again next time for even more biblical encouragement as you seek God's perfect will for your life. Now, here's Raul with a closing thought.
0: In Psalm one forty three ten, he said, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. And then fifthly, we are taught the holiness of God. In First Thessalonians 2.12, that you would walk worthy of God who called you into his own kingdom and glory unto holiness. And six, we are taught God's spiritual truths. As we sit here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, when you go home and you read your Bible and you study God's word, Hebrews 8, 11, and 12. None of them shall teach his neighbor, none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sin and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. No more. To who? To those that come to Jesus Christ. He's our salvation, He's our Redeemer, He is our forgiveness. And by His blood, we are covered from every one of our sins. I am
1: falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Lives You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.